I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to, to Burf Barf. Barf. Hi guys, you missed us. We missed you. How are you? We still know how to do this. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're figuring it out. <laughs> we're in unfamiliar territory. We're in my digs, which is a place that I've been living about 14 hours a day, every single day. We're on location. <laughs> the weather is nice. <laughs> yeah. Happy December. Yeah. Happy December. How are how are you? Are you okay? How are you? Um, oh, me personally. Yeah. Um, I'm medium bad. Oh, on the on the uprise, maintaining or decreasing? Mm, I mean, life is a mandala. It's a circle. We go to the top, we come to the bottom, and we go back up again. I really can't tell which part of the washing machine I'm in. I'm mm. just riding it. Mm-hmm. I'm just noticing. As they say in mindfulness. Sure. I'm just uh, repetitively undulating between the highest highs and lowest lows. I think that's actually maybe what I'm doing, too. I think it's <laughs> happening so fast to me that when I go from the bottom to the top, I don't notice which one it is. I think it's actually both happening. It's more like... Yeah, it's like being at one of those fair rides that just flings you in a circle so hard that yeah. you can't tell which way the horizon is. Yeah. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Starting off light. Holiday season, whoopity do, and la da da. We haven't talked to you guys in a while, and so I don't know that we have talked about our two newest Patreons. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I had these written down, and I, you know, oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> don't mind that. It's fine. Just ignore the man behind the curtain. It's a woman. <laughs> surprise uh our two newest patreons that have been awaiting a shout out for a long time so Mm -hmm. thanks thanks y'all for already hanging in there for forever uh anna stewart and kate white so thanks to our adventure racing ladies for joining birth bar thank you so Um, much and to all of our patreons i think december is despite the fact that thanksgiving's in november that's when posers uh voice their gratitude december (laughs) is when the real gratitude happens that's right uh, feeling very grateful for our Patreons, as I always am, but, uh, yeah, just thanks for being a Patreon. Um, so, what I was gonna say, but I do agree, yes, Patreons are extremely important, was that we've done a couple races since we last were yeah. here with you. Certainly, uh, first and not least, in the Tinar Race Series. Oh, yes, the Alley Trail Marathon. Or half marathon if you're feeling very tired, like I was. <laughs> Although I don't, I don't, I don't know that it was much no, easier. I should say, if you're really tired, you didn't do it on your birthday because it seemed <laughs> it seemed like it was too much because you just wanted to sleep and chill, which is totally respectable. Uh, our dear friend, friend of the friend of the show, Sam Hartman, put together a absolutely perfect, beautiful race. I would say, as like a total package. Maybe the best race I've ever been to, and I'm not just saying that because he's my friend. There was a great packet that went out before the race, an incredible wrap-up packet with pictures and stats. Good branding. Good branding. It turns out all you need to do to really win over Burf Barf is to have really good branding and put it on everything at your event. Yes. It was also a Trail uh, Sisters-approved event. The the Woodles were beautiful. They featured a female runner on on them which equal actually looks like our payouts. friend taylor by the way um equal cash payouts to men and women women invited to toe the line um some famous folks came to race including harvey lewis, harvey lewis. um and it was just oh plus there was plant-based there was vegan food 
at the aid station, and as you left, you got a whole bag sandwich and a non-alcoholic beer. I feel like uh, that has become more of a luxury at races because I think because of costs and logistics, it's mm-hmm. hard to set that up all the time. So anytime I can get a meal post race nowadays, it feels very like Luxurious. swanky and yeah. also just. Oh, man, it just makes me a lot less scared about where I'm going to get food after. <laughs> we do have food insecurity. But, yeah, I mean, for the cost and everything that you got, it it was just absurdly good. The T-shirts were great. I got to hang with all my beautiful Athens trail women, my beautiful trail sisters, which was just t- almost worth the hangover that I ran through. Uh, so, yeah, all in all, that was an amazing day. And then we also have... What's that race we did before the... The Fig. The oh, Fig Adventure Race. The thing about adventure races is that they blur into one, and then I just smash them all down into a pile. So yeah. we'll go through this little technique where you <laughs> You know what's terrible? Things. Did we already do an episode on the Fig? No. Really? <laughs> do you want to edit this out? No. <laughs> I feel like I want to check. And somebody yeah. out there screaming, no, you ding-dong. No, you I'm have quite not. positive we didn't because Shiflet was like... How do I even know what happened if you guys don't do a podcast about it? Seriously, guys. Like, he's like, you can tell me in person or you can make a podcast, but I'm really pretty disappointed that there wasn't one. There was not one, even though Annie is looking. I'm legitimately looking. Yeah, it's not there. No, it's not there. No, I know it's not. (laughs) Whoops. So, so so talk a little bit about that. Oh, man. Well, please. just... I feel flabbergasted because I feel like we've absolutely talked about this enough for an episode, which is why we have a podcast. It's mm-hmm, because we sure. talk each time about these things yeah. enough to do a podcast yeah. episode. So the Fig Adventure Race, we raced as a team of four women, which was exciting. Ah, yes, this that race. Was like a, that, was a fun, that was like a fun additional like uh, variable to add it to was, this. It was also felt sort of like a culmination of being able to like – like we went from having coffee with Laura Calm Toys years ago to see if we might like adventure racing to having a full packed four person all women's team that like had a lot of power and a lot felt, of strength. It felt bossy as it fuck. It felt bossy as shit. And we just had so many skills among the four of us. Yeah. I feel like we could have maybe like built a boat and sailed it across a, yes. like an ocean together because I just felt like we had so many skills between us. Yeah, so it felt yeah, it felt like a full on squad. Like it did. when it's the two of us, it feels like you and I I shouldn't say it feels like you and I are dinking around in the it woods. Does but it kind of feels bit, like we're dinking around it in does. the woods. Even when we're pushing really hard, yeah. it just kind of feels like us hanging out. Yes. And that feeling that you get like in an ultra when you're by yourself in the middle of the night and you feel like I'm the only one out here. It mm-hmm. still kind of feels like that mm-hmm. when it's the two of us, when you're like, oh, this is a thing that only the two of us are doing right now. And with four people, it, it feels like you're on a television show a little yeah. bit. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it makes it very present all the time mm-hmm. that it's a race. That's true. That's true. It doesn't just feel like an adventure you're having with your bud. Yeah. It felt, it felt like a race. I agree. Let's do this in a non-linear format because when we yeah. go we don't have linearly... Time. We it, don't have time for that and that's not the way it, my brain works right now. Oh, good. Me neither. I only had half a bang but I haven't had any coffee this week and so now I feel like I'm totally brand new And human. I'm getting a full bang. <laughs> <laughs> so our team of four was the two of us, Annie Lang and Lauren Kraft. That's me. And our third was Laura Calm Toys, our, our recurring third. And the fourth was a brand new person yes. to us, Amanda Bully, who is new no more. No, you cannot call her new. She's done so much in the last few months, and she's just a baller. And she's also, as we were at one point in our lives, 
a six ba- feet tall. A bad <laughs> self-reporter of her oh. incredible skill sets. Yeah. She is a boss-ass mountain biker. She's had quite a bit of paddling experience. She has a 50K under her belt and was working on a 50-miler. She's she's a very accomplished athlete and basically all of uh, the different skill sets that you would need in an adventure race. And, you know, the one thing that we could teach her that she doesn't already know is how to talk about the fact that you have skills. Yeah. That's something Although that we could bring to the she, table for her. She did a better job accurately self-reporting than many i will mm. i will give her i will give her that that's but, true um, she was a blast I, but as i mentioned she's also six foot tall as am i so oh, we were yeah. a very um present we were team a in the freakishly <laughs> tall team the other some of the other women, all women's teams the two to three person teams are literally like five four and under yeah we we look amazing out there. I've got to say, we carry boats faster than other people possibly could. Sure, climb trees. We climb trees. Yeah, yeah. We get we get over those weird climbing walls that are at all of the Boy Scout camps. Just whoosh, yeah. we just get we just takes a two man thing to get over. Yeah. Uh, we did some very funny things to get through this race, uh, such as we had to tow Amanda. They were out of canoes, so we couldn't do a two man and two man and just paddle our asses off on the boat leg so we t- we towed her canoe or her, rather her kayak while she also paddled. she didn't get to just ride y'all yeah she paddled but that actually worked out totally fine i don't think it slowed us down too much it was a unique race in that there were not paddle section checkpoints like you weren't on a river or a lake looking for checkpoints right off the boat you could have but there wasn't a lot of like not much there was a lot of route choice and order of whether you did the mountain bike portion first or whether you did the paddle trek portion first um we uh were all in alignment that we we are the slowest paddling out yeah. of any discipline so really yeah. work to minimize the amount of paddling we did and i can say we successfully minimize yes. minimize the amount of paddling we did i think I would be surprised if we were in the boat for an hour in yeah, total. Yeah, me too. And I was really glad for that because I got to say, too. in the history of adventure racing between us, I, I do feel like some of my most miserable moments are in the boat just out of like cold, wetness, eating like a wall of gnats. I think it's a discomfort we are not familiar with yet. Yeah. when we, I mean, I guess the longest one we've done is 17 miles. And that was in a river. Uh, that was at two rivers, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, no, actually, I think Shenandoah was Shenandoah, longer. that's right. Um, but, yeah, flat water paddling for me currently. It's just so well, boring. I will work on this. It, it feels so like boring. I'm working as hard as I can and just, like, walking I know in concrete. I, I am <laughs> trying so hard, I feel like I'm separating my shoulders. I just think we're bad paddlers. Oh, I also got a boo-boo on this one. I, I, oh, I was running downhill and my foot got snatched up by a tangly briar. And I not just fell down the hill. I basically went up and wee all the way over and slammed into my bad shoulder, which I've separated a million times from mountain biking. So I, I was a little bit poo-poo booing myself. Like, I didn't tell anyone. And I don't think I showed it. But man, no, I, I got so. hurt real bad. It wasn't as funny as that time that you fell down into that bed of ivy, though. Yeah, and was just laying there. and Just, just staring up at the sky. Yes. Just couldn't even see her. The best falls happen uh, during adventure That's racing. That's so true. Yeah. Uh, things that we have learned from past races that we put into effect on this race that I was super proud of. So we didn't get maps beforehand. All we got was a prologue map to get our maps. 
And after we finished the prologue, which was to go to the top of a hill and come back to the start area, which I thought was dope. I think that's probably my most favorite prologue ever. I think it's mine too. It was actually, and it was dark. Yeah. And, and you got to see people. It was also freezing. It was like 36. Oh, it was pretty cold. Well, yeah. You don't care about that. Yeah. But us normal people, it was 36 degrees and the sun hadn't risen yet. So it was like perfect. Run up a hill so steep that your calves feel like they're exploding. Yeah. That's how you keep your hands warm in the it morning. Was good. It was very lovely. And so we got back to the start area with our maps. And uh, at Nationals, we felt the pressure to just go without mm-hmm. making a full plan or evaluating all the pieces of route choice. And on this one, we sat in the start area until we had our course mapped out. And yeah. that was hugely beneficial i thought because i never felt behind the eight ball lauren's probably laughing because she had no stress about this at all <laughs> i was basically just tightening my helmet and then untightening my helmet good for like 15 minutes yes good thank you for I'm your sorry. support <laughs> i think i ate a whole banana and like swung the peel nice around time. and threw it um, the whole time I'm going like this. Now this. What? What about like? Okay, and look at this, Laura. Come, come look at this thing. Bye bye bye. I was counting on this winter to be the worst series so that we could. It just hasn't happened yet. No. Yeah. I mean, eventually we'll do some. Uh, I think an, a friend of the podcast, Chris Haas, has been doing them and has been asking if we're gonna go. I really want to go back to the wars events to get my chops back on yeah. map reading so that I can be any kind of assistance whatsoever and I'm not just tightening my helmet and eating a banana. Yeah, that would be good for all of us. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> so we did we did that well. I felt like we mountain biked really well and this was some of the most like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hospitable to me mountain biking we've done. Really? Uh, there was some technical trail. Yeah, but it was like it was like the most that I could handle without redlining. Oh, actually, this is another thing that wow, uh, we applied hard. really well. So Laura Comtoys, who is a significantly better mountain biker than I am at this point, uh, I'll get there, um, she made the suggestion that she would have the map board on her bike and she would do the navigation on the mountain bike part so that I could just focus on mountain biking as hard as I needed to um, because it's just more challenging to me physically uh, and skill set wise and it was so helpful oh that's so good and it just continues to re-emphasize the point of like there is no strengths and weaknesses there's just how we move the fastest and the best Mm -hmm. as a team Mm -hmm. so like her being taking that off my plate and me just being able to focus on mountain biking, like super helpful, th- not having the stress of that. Like at nationals, like that was probably the biggest thing in the mountain biking, like having the stress of watching where we were going. In addition to being the slower out of the the set of us three, was really hard. Was too so, much pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was. I discovered that even if it's lighter to not take um, clip-in biking shoes, I'm never going to do that again because all of y'all were fine because you have experience on flat pedals and I have no experience on flat pedals whatsoever other than going to raise to do dirt jump bikes. And I thought I was going to get ass blasted off of my goddamn bicycle when we there were doing There was some gnarly, that like, bumpy fast descent, downhills. And you guys are always like, wee, we're having the best time. And I'm in the mm-hmm. back like, I don't know about this, guys. Feeling like a turd. <laughs> Quiet, mom. <laughs> I just always say, like, it's better to feel in control of your bike and calm and meet them at the stop sign than it is to blast ass to be able to just stay with them because I could see myself popping off this bike. And we were going, like, 
17 on like a you know baby headed little d- descent yeah no I, thank you i feel like maybe you should define blast, blast ass. Ass. <laughs> i mean so i don't have a dropper i don't have a drop post seat and i didn't have clip-in pedals so my feet were popping up off my pedals and then every time i would hit any kind of bump i know i should be in my ready position with my elbows bent my knees mm-hmm. bent and my ass off the saddle but it seems like you could get thighs were tired and so i definitely just get like bang 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 I just get ass blasted the whole way down. Meaning the seat pops you in the cooter. Precisely. Okay, precisely. <laughs> good to know. I think when you said ass blasted before, I think I assumed something different. So it's a, no, it's a good No, I had a bruised cooter. Thank you. Hmm, bruised good. it. Bruised it. I do. I prefer doing uh, no clips for the shorter races because I feel like it saves me a lot of time in the TA. <laughs> you were going to say prefer no clips. I, if I, can I prefer el- lots of clips. Did we warn you guys about not listening to this in the minivan? Ah! I'm sorry. We should have told you again. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I would prefer to not have one for the descents too so that I don't get clipped. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the gentleman at the fig that said we swear too much and said we said the word vagina too much to which I responded vagina is not a swear word. Neither is clit. The clitoris is not a swear word. No, it is not. When used in some context. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it could be bad. But we're talking about anatomical issues while racing. And that is a body part that got blasted. Yeah. And I would say this is important information to have anatomically correct terms. If you are a female, uh, if you're an individual with With a clitoris, older or younger, learning to ride a bike, that there's some risk of blasting your clit off if yeah. you don't have a dropper get a dropper you're unskilled on a downhill section get a dropper if you have a vulva get a dropper yeah this Maybe. is fun probably <laughs> this is fun <laughs> i remember why we do this sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so what else about the fig uh, uh we had one where we i think kind of had to just walk up and down this giant peninsula on the road because we yeah. didn't want to paddle all the way out there yeah and I had a nice time there because the sun was shining and had warmed up and I was just like, boop doop 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 beautiful day. I'm just chilling with my tall babes. And I thought, this is fun. I could do this forever, I think. And then we walked along the beach and where there was this like quicksand that almost took our shoes off. And that was fun. And then I fell in the mud and both my hands were dirty. I just feel like I'm the little kid that's like bumbling behind as usual. And like, everyone turns <laughs> around and there's just like... A Swedish fish is stuck to my front tooth, and both of my hands are covered in mud. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? I will say, I don't think I ever thought or asked a question like, you doing all right, Lauren? Oh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. I, I'm a, I think I'm at a point where uh, it would take a lot to cause me to complain about my suffering. Yeah. I think I would have to be, like, bleeding or puking in order to be like, I don't know, guys. Yeah. Until it reaches, like... Unless it's preventable or unavoidable, uh, unless it's preventable, preventable, easy preventa- for you to say, preventable, it's irrelevant. Suffering is kind of irrelevant in adventure racing yeah. unless it's preventable, preventable. Pre- easy for you to say. Yeah. So like salt, ta- like if you need salt tabs or Advil, mm-hmm. otherwise, yeah. I think giving salt tabs and Advil to people on the course in any race of any kind is maybe my favorite thing in the world to do. Yep. As a receiver of those things, it's also great because it fixes everything. It doesn't matter if it physiologically actually does anything. No, no. Someone putting a real. handful a handful of pills in your hand. Also, the salt pills being like horse huge, pill size huge. just makes the yeah, you're like, psychosomatic effect will, that, yeah, that much better. Certainly I will feel better if I eat this handful of pills. 
Other things remarkable about the fig, there was a lot of people there. Oh, I yeah, there were a ton of teams, the I, biggest one they ever had. Yeah, and the women's field had seven teams? Nine I thought teams? nine. Nine. Yeah, I think nine teams registered, which is dope. I don't remember. Did we end up in fourth or fifth? One of those. One of those. Anyway, it was a really, it was a stacked field with yeah. a lot of our own mentors doing well and yeah. beating us. It was a competitive all-female team field, which was just really cool. That's also the most teams we've ever competed against women-wise. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, awesome. more women in sport, more women to compete against, a bigger challenge. We're just always trying to rise up and do our best where it's still our goal you know, it's our goal every time we go out to win. We're going to give everything that we have. Also, because this was a 12-hour race, we really did go fast. And I don't think yeah. I'm used to that. We haven't done that in a long time. And we really, like, we pushed to the point where, like, afterwards, I had, like, windburn on my face. Yeah. And, I, like, my I had the wah-wahs. Like, we went fast. Yeah. I had some salt uh, Oh, salt I had boogies. some salt issues, yes. I was yeah. definitely, like... Snowflake crisp, crisply on on the edges of my sideburns. <laughs> it was a full. It was a full day. I do like the twelve hour distance or duration. I did a few eight hours over the summer, and those really like those are also ve- feel very quite fast. fast because time just goes really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one downside to the twelve hour, I will say, and it's it's a small one but okay. relevant. Okay, because it goes from essentially sun up to sundown. Mm-hmm. People are ready to. To when they get there, they are ready to get going and race. And when they are done, everybody is closing up shop and leaving because yeah. people are trying to get their stuff put away before it's dark. That was like mm-hmm. the only downer at the end is like, I am such like a race saverer. I really mm-hmm. just wanted to like stay and hear about people's days or like mm-hmm. eat a thing with them. But yeah. when, when the sun's like going down, you're like, no, no, I got to get out of here. We need to find food. I want to get home and take a shower and I can go to bed at a reasonable time. This all mm-hmm. feels great. That is a small thing. And everyone uh, should consider doing the fig next year. Cause it just, it was, it was great. But yes, I, I was also in like, like full dad it's been raining at a campsite let's wrap yes. this shit up yeah. mode like i think i had all of our gear all of our bikes and the boat at the car mm-hmm. by the time everyone was done talking and i was like mhm uh-huh. mhm mm-hmm. yes you i just did. wanted a fucking vegan pizza it's all i wanted in the entire world and you kind of got it but it was sad oh no it was sad it was it like took hours a, to cook it was like a wet veggie pita it That's was a it was wet like. veggie pita that's okay. That's going to be the hardest thing, I think, about being vegan is that after a race, everyone's going to have the best junk food and I'm going to not know what to eat. Oreos. I don't think that's enticing to me. I don't like the way Oreos feel in my teeth. Mm-hmm. I know everyone's like, but Oreos are vegan. Do you and then like you're the like, gluten free ones better from a texture wise? Ew, no, it's all gross. Oh, you're gross. Thank you. You're not gross. No, I'm a little bit gross. I thought you were going to say about the 12-hour format, like, you don't know when to poop. <laughs> that would be... Oh. No, like... I successfully pooped before we went, oh, okay. before we left. Okay. And then my body shuts it down. Did you have a... Did you have a normal poop day or not? Um, I had a fire sale before, and then did nothing you? all day. But nothing all day? Yeah, it was great. Okay. I did a lot of tailwind. Tailwind and candy. Yeah. That's kind of unusual for you as of late. I don't feel like you've been doing... Oh, no, no, no. I also made a bunch of Sammies. That's right. I made vegan Sammies, and they were a delight. Uh, I did pretty much only liquid nutrition. I think I, like, only did liquid nutrition. Yeah, I did scratch, and I think I had maybe... 
four Halloween pumpkin candies, and that That's was like That's all it. you ate on the day? Which was perfect. Oh, man, I ate like 2,500 calories. No, and I had a, I had my full calorie allotment, the standard like 100 calories every 30 minutes, and it was great because it's too, it's too hard to try and eat a bunch and navigate, so yeah, mm. just lots of... Lots of scratch nutrition, which has really been scratching a niche for me. Mm. Pun intended. <laughs> I want to say what else I like about Amanda. Um, yeah. I really love that, like, she's just not only even keeled and, like, nothing phases her. We also didn't have too many, like, huge punches in the face. But, like, so enthusiastic about everything. So relentlessly. Like, like, like relentlessly. And you just turn around and she would just be like, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm having fun. What else? Do more? Yeah. Less? Yes? Now? Go yep. help do. It was it was remarkable. And like I told her at the end of the day, I felt I felt a little bit bad about it, but not really. I was just like, I don't think I thought once about your needs today. Like that's it's a high pretty compliment. remarkable to step onto a team of people who have raced together before in a twelve hour event and to just just yeah. be I mean, just be there without any additional like I don't think we ever had to throttle up or throttle down. Mm-mm. Like, I never felt like she was sled, dog- sled dogging us Mm-mm. and pulling too hard, nor did I ever feel like we had to slow down Mm-mm. to accommodate her at any point. She was always ready to go when we were ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like, uh... I, I mean, I also feel like this about Calm Toys, I have to say. I've never thought, oh dear, I wonder if she needs help. I have looked at her and thought, oh boy, you look sleepy peepees. <laughs> This is such as the way of an adventure race. Though. Yeah, but I've never looked at her and thought, "Oh, you need help." Yeah, just so self-sufficient. Yeah, and I tough. still feel. You know, I wonder how much of that is uh, doing fifteen years of adventure. Well, racing? no, I was gonna say how much of that is real, and like we're comparing how we feel about ourselves in an adventure race versus like how somebody appears from the outside, and like, how much of it is being a, a a two. Is she a two? What was she again? Oh, I forget which one. She's a uh. Oh shoot! Whatever she is, she is it. She is it hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're talking about enneagrams. If you're listening, you should send us your Please name and your enneagram. Take the enneagram test and tell us your name and your number, and so we can suss you out. I'm just never gonna be tired of personality tests or random Me sets of questions. Me neither. Ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, is she a two? The helper. She might be a mediator. I think she's a mediator. I think she's a nine. Oh, really? Maybe it was that. Yeah. Well, we did talk about it for 14 hours. I can't believe we don't remember what it I was. I should probably just get it tattooed on me somewhere. <gasps> Enneagram tattoos? Oh, Laura. Team tattoos. Team tattoos. <laughs> we, I always feel like we're talking about her like she's here. <laughs> she will be soon. Yeah. She'll be here on Tuesday, and then yeah. no one's ever allowed to leave. Yeah, so, uh, Laura... Once it's recorded and broadcast in a podcast episode, you have to do it. So congratulations <laughs> on your You're new getting ta- a tattoo. On your first tattoo. <laughs> uh, any other highlights for you? Uh, I feel like there's still like other uh, things about Amanda that I want to say. Like Mm-mm. just, um, God, she's so fucking cute too. She's also adorable. Yeah. It's that's a that's some frosting. That's a big ad. I mean, you have to fit in aesthetically. Otherwise, what are we doing? <laughs> Oh, other things that I like is she talked about this being the end of a pretty, like, busy race season for her after getting new into adventure racing. And uh, she then talked about going into fire season, which is sitting by a fire Mm -hmm. all winter. Mm -hmm. And I think about that so often now. Like, I just think about, like, 
do I need to feel bad about taking a bath today for an extra period of time? No, because no. it's fire season. Fire season means I ran 2.7 miles this week. I took 19 baths and I quadrupled my gas bill because we have a gas fireplace and I have knit four hats. I'm fully feeling your vibe. I might have taken your instructions a little bit too seriously. Fire season. Fire season. She also brought her own maple syrup that she uh, tapped and made herself. God. (sighs) Our lives are pretty great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When I love recapping things like this and just being like, mm-hmm. oh my god, like the... It's the, like jangling your your little bag of goodies. Like, yes. oh, ooh. Also, to have this in contrast or in complement to the physical hardships that we seek out is really like, I just like that juxtaposition of things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say going into fire season, just to be honest with my friends and listeners, mm. I'm the least motivated I've been in a decade. I think I ran, other than when I had my lung scare two winters ago, this is the least I've run in a week in 10 years, and I just don't feel like it, and that's okay. I have, I don't know if we said this in the last podcast, but I had a yoga instructor who said, like, everybody in Ohio who I teach yoga and meditation to says, like, I'm so worried about this winter season, and she says, like, why? Like, prepare yourself for, you know, enjoying the restfulness, and so... I'm really leaning into that. Yeah. Like a restorative. I really am. I'm doing a lot of really slow yoga. And if I like, if I watch a video yoga and I don't like what they're doing, I just turn it off, put on some R and B and then slow flow. And then I take an hour long bath. I'm just, uh, it's, I think I have to be comfortable with letting myself not be full blast for a minute. It used to be that like when I had a coach, they would be like, now you rest. And I'm like, okay, I'm definitely doing the thing because I was told to do the thing. Mm -hmm. But this time, like no one told me to do it. So it felt a little bit like guilt ridden in the beginning because I was like, oh man, this is really indulgent. Nope. It's just what you should and normally do. It's just that no one told you to do it. So just enjoy. You chose to do it for you. I did. How novel. I'm, I'm totally wrapped up in that right now. Yeah. Uh, I echo that feeling a bit of uh, not feeling motivated. However, I've reframed it in a text to you earlier, so I'll do the same thing on this Mm -hmm, podcast. mm -hmm. So at first, my initial thought was my motivation is completely tanked. And then I recognized that's not necessarily true. I'm overwhelmed by a lot of stress and change in my life and do not have the energy or desire to pursue physical hardships right now. And that is okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's so hard to give yourself grace when you're an athlete who takes sports really seriously. Because mm-hmm. in that culture, what's valued is never giving up, never giving in, going your hardest, spending it all, wringing it out. Um, There's a place for that. There is a place for that. But I mean, I'm, I can tell you right now that my belief training journal <laughs> says in it somewhere, like, the the best racers know that part of your training is knowing when to do nothing. I mean, Wayne Gretzky was never a one-sport athlete growing up, so there you go. I mean... If that doesn't prove it, what does? The first time ever that my podcast has appealed to my husband. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Restorativeness and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I think part of my fear in this period of not seeking out training as much is it feels like my 
fitness or ability for hard assness is slipping through my fingers. And that can feel... That can feel scary. Yeah, it can feel scary. Mm -hmm. Like somebody is doing this to me or Mm -hmm. something is being taken away from me and trying to find some peace. And like when that appeals to me again, I will have the ability to do it. Mm -hmm. I still live in my body. I can make it do hard things. I just have to ease it back into that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have lived in many different bodies and we know full well we can shape them into all different kinds of things. Yeah. They're very malleable, these bodies. Yeah. Turns out. Also just trying to learn to trust myself and my body more. So trust my own decisions Mm -hmm. and trust the ability of my body. My body has not really let me down on anything I've asked it to do on my behest Mm -hmm. thus far. Mm -hmm. I don't see why I should start expecting it to fail me in the near future either. Yeah. I I actually had a, a bit of a breakthrough Today, from listening to another podcast, I highly recommend um, that you listen to Maintenance Fades if you haven't already, which talks a lot about um, body neutrality, um, what it, what it's like to live in a fat body, just really, really interesting and good perspectives on all things bodies. Um, and today, I was listening to Michael Hobbs, who said in an episode about is being fat unhealthy, he was like, oh, I actually haven't... I have no idea what I weigh because I haven't weighed myself in five years. And I had to pause my watch and my phone and I stopped running and stood and thought, hey, you actually do not need to know how much you weigh. If you feel like you're putting good food in your body and you're treating it right and being gentle with it or not being gentle with it, like if you're exercising and you know what feels good in your body, it really I never, this, I know this seems maybe like a very simple thing to some people, but the concept that maybe you never need to know how much you weigh for the rest of your life is really like exciting and freeing and kind of a cool idea for somebody who used to care and intermittently still cares very much. So that was kind of a breakthrough moment for me today. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm stoked on that, on that concept. Just like, and it's so funny because I can feel very out of touch with my body. Like I can stand on a scale and be like, wow. I thought I was a lot more than that, or wow, I thought I was a lot less than that. And it just like, completely if it doesn't, if it doesn't line up, shouldn't you just go with how you feel and like what feels good in your body rather than like, oh, there's a metric that I'm looking at. I mean, it just, it doesn't always line up with my perception of my, of self. Mm -hmm. So thanks, Michael Hobbs. Good call. I feel the same way about pace. Oh, yeah. Also, I mean, the miracle of pace is that if you go, if you chug along and never stop, I mean, that's my BFC tactic. You can be a, you can be a 230 marathon runner and I can still beat you at BFC because even if I go 23 minute mile and I go it the whole time, you laying down on the ground next to a water jug and some shitty granola bars for 45 minutes means I beat you. Mm -hmm. So very slow pace is not a bad thing. You mentioned BFC, so I'm going to take this opportunity to transition to probably our last thing of today. You know what's coming. I can't. I can't. I cannot. So a deeply impactful thing in the world of Burf Barf is that the Barkley Fall Classic (laughs) in 2022 is the same day as Adventure Racing Nationals. Which, you should add, is on the West Coast for the first time in 20 years and is totally unprecedented that they should move it to a mountainous and western area. It's almost primarily, it's primarily been in the the mid Midwest states and the East Coast and has yeah. not been to the West Coast in 
two decades. It's going to be in the Sierra Nevadas. It's people are very excited about it. It's going to be logistically difficult to get there, but also probably the payoff is going to be yeah. grand. I'm going to acknowledge some things on USARA's behalf that I feel like are important because uh, one of the things about so one to Lauren's point, it's very important that it's on the West Coast this year because it is really catered to the East Coast folks where a lot of adventure racing teams are, but have left a lot of the expedition race teams out. Second, the fire season and everything, along with just general uh, wilderness area availability, makes scheduling a nightmare. And we know even from just putting on little old T Reaper, pretty much every weekend you pick, there will be something else that conflicts. So I think like Adventure Racing World Series has an event on that same weekend, so there's a conflict there. Oh, wow. But it's just... you gotta, I'm sure do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. So I realize it's not gonna accommodate everybody every year when and where they pick to have adventure race nationals. But it being the same day as BFC this year for twenty two feels really egregious and just like a cosmic spit loogie in the face. <laughs> I have behind me my seven my seven years of success there yeah. and I'm considering the, the thing is, here's a mathematical thing. That's immovable. Yeah. If I skip this year... You will not. Oh. Well, right. we're, okay. we're not, okay. not okay. sussing this out okay. on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. But even if I skip this year, I'm still tied for most finishes with one person and no one could potentially beat that in the coming year. No matter what. So think about that math. It would take a lot. I mean, it would be. It would take many years for anyone to catch up to me. Yeah, that's math. But it's all it, uh, other factors. It will be harder for all of us to get out to the West Coast. Yeah, I refuse to sort this out publicly. No, that that's fine. I'm not pressuring you to do so because it feels impossible. But yes, I did tell Laura and Annie in our group chat that I would I would pray on these matters. So we'll see what. Uh, and, and on the other side, I mean. Very truly and authentically, and maybe oversharing, but this is our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Like, we talked about the three of us, me, you, and Laura. Like, Burf Barf wants to win nationals. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about this in the podcast. <laughs> it's giving me a you, panic attack. You have to. No, no you don't have I to. Won't. You don't have to do anything. I won't. I just, I, I feel like those are the things that are noodling around. And it is an interesting thought when thinking about, like, Oh, one of the things that's been getting me is like a little bit of lack of control on everything. And so to feel like, what do you mean we can't run BFC and do nationals? Although it's worth mentioning, I'm not into BFC. I know you're not. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's something. The world, the universe is funny. No, no. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> if you have thoughts on what I should do or want to tell us your Enneagram number, please send those our way. We would love for you to join us on all of our socials and also join us on Patreon if you feel like it. And if you don't, that's okay, too. Yeah. We we support everyone's decisions. Yes, we do. Until next time. We are. Burf, Burf, Burf. Burf.